Welcome to the Weekly Spiral. You are tuned in to episode 50. That's right. You heard it correctly. We have made it 50 weeks into this. We're almost at a year. We're all very excited to hit that milestone. Today, we have some interesting conversation. We're going to continue our top five discussion. We had a conversation around that with wide receivers last week. Today, we're going to transition to running backs. And uh, we have controversy again, as you might suspect, that we've taken offline. We're hoping to bring it online for you <laughs> as an, some entertainment value. So we'll see what happens there. We have some other news to discuss, some signings, some players opting out, um, and some other things that we want to chat on. But first and foremost, I have Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan here with me. How are you fellas doing? Good. Excited to talk about some some running backs and the slight developments in uh, NFL news this week. Ray to fight. As always, that's why I came here. Oh, too, ready you know? to fight! <laughs> coming in hot. All I do is coming yeah. in hot. Ready. All right. I like it. I, I like it. I'm excited. So if you're hearing this, that means we have some arguments coming up. You may want to stick around. <laughs> um, let's talk some news first. We have some opt-outs. I mean, we could, there's been quite a few thus far. We can talk about some notable ones. Do you guys want to kick this off and and uh, discuss what this is, how it works, what the implications might be moving forward before the season. Yeah, I, I can uh, cover that really quickly. So essentially, players have until I believe it's Thursday they finally decided uh, to opt out of the season. Uh, I think most of the guys who are going to opt out have already opted out, which gives us uh, the full list of names. We talked about briefly last week with half the Patriots' defense seeming like they're opting out. But some new guys mm-hmm. opting out, uh, Damian Williams of the Chiefs, Nate Soldier, former Patriot, now with the Giants, and uh Denver tackle Jawan James, who just signed a $10 million a year contract with them, also opted out. They get a base amount of money. I think it's like 300000 350000 that they actually have to return next year, which kind of sucks for them. But, um, yeah, these are three starters. Well, maybe not Damian Williams, but three notable players who opted out in the past week. Yeah, if you uh, have the opportunity to draft Clyde Edwards-Hilaire mm-hmm. in your fantasy drafts, I'd probably do that because he's going to get a lot of touches without Damian Williams. And he was probably the most surprising for me because you know that job is sort of up for grabs, uh, especially with the Chiefs taking a, a number one running back in the in the first round. Um, so it, it must be something that he feels very passionate about to, to opt out for because he's sort of conceding that running back race so to speak there's no promise that he's going to get that job back when he comes back a year from now i believe he has some sort of family issues i think he has newborn relatively mm-hmm. newborn and then his mother who also lives with them is not i don't think she's sick but she's a, a at-risk person but like you said buy all the clyde edwards alaris stock you can i think he might go in the first or second round now in fantasy based on what i'm seeing on espn rankings which is uh pretty crazy i don't know if we've seen well saquon but besides that not yeah. many uh, running backs are drafted that early in fantasy yeah first round oh i don't know man i'm, I'm not I, yeah i'm like second third round on him but he's like the sixth grade running back on espn right now i don't know there, there's a big drop off with with running backs i feel like because once you get a guy that splits the load mm-hmm. all of a sudden like yep. that production goes way way down. way down so if he's sort of the last guy or one of the last couple guys that are, are going to be the bell cow, then I, I, I would scoop him up end of the first. I just don't, oh, I don't, uh, I don't trust Andy Reid. I mean, I, I, as a coach, I do, but in terms of running back management and like 
getting one guy the ball all the time. They, they just signed LaShawn McCoy, didn't they? No, it's not the pucks. My bad. But knowing Andy Reid, he's going to play three or four guys back there. Yeah, yeah I don't know. A, that's a risk, dude. Anytime you draft a rookie in the first round, I mean, mm-hmm. Saquon was an exception to a degree. Um, I mean, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is not Saquon Barkley. No. Let's not get it twisted here. Um, but it could be the move that wins you a fantasy mm-hmm. league, ultimately. I mean, running backs are scarce. You know, I think it depends also if you're in PPR or standard. But if you're in a standard league, running backs are crucial. Once you get past the second, third round, you're not getting anyone with consistent touches. It just doesn't exist. So, you know, I, it's it's worth a shot. I'd be very skeptical to use my first-round pick on something that's not a guarantee, you know, double-digit points, game in, game out. Uh, it's a rookie at the end of the day. It's a risk. Second round, I could see it. That's where you kind of just, you know, pull some pull some triggers on some some risks. But first round, mm, I don't know. I, I mean, if know. it's if it's a decision between like all the big time guys are gone and you're drafting like 10, 11, 12, and it's either Clyde edwards lair or like Julio Jones or a number one receiver, I think that's a conversation that you sort of gotta you think mull about over it. in your mm-hmm. head. Yeah. I'll yeah, but at that point, who else is who else is sitting there? Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, call me crazy. Don't at me, but <laughs> I might take like Todd Gurley instead. Ooh, uh, uh, I don't that's know. Hot. That's I don't know. Take. Or maybe Dalvin Cook is sitting there. Well, you know, he's or, not going to there. There's no. What about way. like Chris Carson? Chris, he's yeah. having a great season. Or like a Joe Mixon with the Seahawks. Joe Mixon. It, it depends. For I don't know. I, don't I took know. Joe I Mixon know. last year and he burned me pretty bad. Yeah. So <laughs> that's true. Kind of that Bengals offensive line didn't improve. So. Uh, yeah, that's true. And I mean, rookie quarterback, there's a lot of unknowns there. But Clyde uh, Edwards Alaire, first round. Mm, well, I I'm know it. I know I don't have to jump in front of Cyrus to, to get him now <laughs> there if, you go. if we're playing in a league together. So That's true. Yeah. I gave away a little bit. You know what? Actually, Clyde Edwards Alaire, first round pick. <laughs> first overall. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's, let's move on to something else here. We have a few people on the COVID list that have actually recently been taken off. Some. Um, including some high-profile quarterback names. Looks like Gardner Minshew, Matthew Stafford, both had false positives based on what I read. Is that what, is that what happened out there? Stafford, for sure. Uh, Minshew, he had his uh, quote that I'm sure Casey will cover. But, yeah, Stafford had a false positive. And that's something we're going to see a lot of, I think, this season. Like on Monday or Tuesday, some guy will have a positive test, and then by Friday he'll be negative and able to play. So it's going to be uh, tough to manage those fantasy rosters while we're on the fantasy uh, subject. But it's going to be That's interesting true. to see. It's interesting to see what happens. Maybe uh, fantasy websites need to increase their roster size yes. for emergency situations like NFL teams are, are doing. Um, but Minshew, the, the greatest of all time to, to ever come out of Washington State, I believe, and to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He just said the, the virus took one look at him and it ran the other way. Saw his jean shorts, saw his mustache. I was like, I don't want none of that. And it uh, went taken off the other direction. When found Doug Peterson, in fact, he'll be fine. We'll be good. <laughs> don't worry. Don't don't you worry about that. Um, let's let's talk about some other news. We have The Rock officially or unofficially. I think there's still some some uh, unknowns with this, but he is planning to buy the XFL for fifteen million dollars with some other stakeholders. That's interesting. I always felt personally like there is a place for the XFL and the NFL has always needed sort of a talent development arena, you know, for people to play who are not necessarily at the, at that level to, to be on an NFL roster. Every other sport 
basically has something of this nature, you know, some more in depth than others with, with baseball, um, obviously having multiple different layers and then the NBA having their G league, but it just kind of made sense. I mean, there needs to be somewhere for players who are not at the collegiate level, but not ready to play in the NFL to, to show what they can do and then also continue to develop other than the limited practice squad that only a few select players make it to. What do you guys think about this? Do you think this is a, is a resurgence for the XFL? Is it, you know, is this going to be, are we going to see the XFL come back in the future? I mean, I think this is the absolute perfect time for a amateur league to, well, I guess not amateur, but secondary football league to crop up because especially if the college football season doesn't happen, there's going to be a lot of college players that didn't necessarily get the opportunity that they thought they should have had or Mm -hmm. that they actually did deserve. And they're going to need a place to showcase those talents that isn't going to be on a football field or on an NFL training camp or Mm -hmm. uh, preseason or anything like that. There's going to be a lot of guys that that sort of fall through the cracks. You think about a lot of one-year wonders like Joe Burrow, like if he never gets the opportunity to play, you know, he's not the number one overall pick. And now if there's a, uh, a secondary league here a lot of those players they might attract some really top top end college talent and sort of boost uh that um potential for for that league to to sort of take off and get some some a foothold i i agree totally and xfl this past year was actually doing pretty well in yeah. terms of viewership uh it was just they put all their eggs in one basket on this season being successful and then when the shutdowns happened across the world in the U.S. specifically. That kind of ended their dream. But $15 million for The Rock isn't that much money. So this is a great yeah. investment because they're going to make this money back and then some. I don't know if it's going to be ever a super popular league, but The Rock is a smart guy. He's very likable. He knows a lot of people. So this league's going to get out there. It's, it's, it's going to happen, and it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. All he has to do is do one more Jumanji movie. And, and then he said it pays for itself, you know? Yeah. Dude, that's that's crazy. He makes, I think he makes like twenty million dollars yeah. per movie. So, so it's like, all right, boom. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I find it ironic, yeah. ironic as a wrestling fan that Vince McMahon, The Rock's former boss, created the XFL and had to sell it to his uh, former employee. So now it's kind of the uh, student takes over the teacher. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think it's great. I I really think. I mean, we saw a few players this past uh, XFL season or whatever we got from from it actually make it to the NFL and get an opportunity because they were able to, to showcase their talents. Uh, so like Casey said, there's going to be a lot of people who won't have that opportunity. Obviously, a lot of things are in question with uh, football at the moment, especially at the collegiate level. So we'll see. But I think uh, I think it's much needed. I think The Rock is the right guy to do it. I think it'll be he has the name and uh, can can build this brand and lift it up and, and uh, turn it into a success. And I strongly believe that it was on its way to success pre-COVID. And if this didn't happen, it would be it would be on its way to being institutionalized as like that sort of D league for the NFL, mm-hmm. that sort of next um, sub league right right below the NFL where players can can play and showcase and uh, and potentially make an NFL roster. But we'll see. I'm excited for it. Let's talk about some other news more pertinent to Durgan. Mm-hmm. The 49ers signed oft-injured tight end Jordan Reed. This is an interesting signing. I, I don't know if you want to go first, Durgan, or you want to save it. Yeah, I'll, I can knock this out. Uh, you, you mentioned it perfectly, oft-injured. This guy is always hurt. Uh, more specifically, a lot of concussions, which is really scary. So I don't actually anticipate him ever playing 
until I actually see him on the field taking meaningful snaps. But he's a good player when he's healthy. And Niners were in contact with him and Delaney Walker uh, over the past few months. Both were free agents. And Reed knows Shanahan's system. He's only 30, which means it, I mean, it seems like he's 40. He's been around so long. But if he can yeah. play at 60-70% of what he was beforehand as number two tight end, then the Niners are in serious business. Because they like to run a lot of heavy personnel. A lot of two tight ends, two running backs, three tight ends, uh, running back. They can be creative, too. Uh, Shanahan likes having bigger bodies out there who can run and catch. It creates a mismatch nightmare for the opposing defenses. That's why he has uh, Kyle Juszczyk as the most expensive fullback by a wide margin because of his mismatch uh, capability. So it's, it's a cool signing. I'm for it. I just don't anticipate it working out because of Reed's health. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he got a concussion in preseason last year and couldn't get cleared all year. So, um, he's taking, he's throwing the dice. I, I, I don't know that I would continue to play if I was yeah. him. Sort of the Austin Collie route when you're getting a ton of concussions and it's taken weeks and months to recover from them. It's probably a sign that maybe uh, this might be the end of the road. And it's not like he didn't have a good, successful career and didn't make any money. Like, he did well for himself. And yeah. was one of the best tight ends in the league for a while. So, uh, I hope he stays healthy if he plays. But if he if he's healthy, then he's a really good player, and will definitely help that 49ers team. Yeah, I don't think there's any question in terms of his talent. He's uh, at his best. He's a, he is one of the top tight ends in the league, but he's never even played a full 16 game season in his entire career. And his his best season came in 20 uh, what was it 2015? I believe it was 2015, and that was because he played more games than any other season that he's played. So if he can stay on the field, he is one of the best tight ends in the league, and that is a scary duo in 12 personnel between him and George Kittle. But I would temper all expectations. If you're a Niners fan and you're listening to this, don't have any expectations. Go in low, just whatever happens, happens, and then be surprised if he actually plays. Because at this point, I mean, it's a one-year deal. It's basically all incentives. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't see the exact contract deals, but I, I, I think the exact contract details, but I think it's it's heavily in, in incentive-laden. It's not necessarily a large amount of guaranteed money. So it's a win-win for both sides. Jordan Reed could potentially prove he still belongs, which he does talent-wise, but um, if you could stay healthy, that's the question. And then the Niners get a cheap backup tight end to, to play alongside Kittle, maybe limited snaps. We'll see. But um, yeah, this guy, I mean, I remember... I think you drafted him in 2015, Casey, in the fantasy, <laughs> in our in our fantasy matchup, and he had a big year, but... Um, yeah, I mean, he is a potentially 1,000-yard tight end if he can play all, all 16 games, but he never has. And I think if I'm him, I'm looking long-term and I'm hanging up the cleats. But at the same time, I understand he, he feels probably he's never had a chance to fully prove what he's capable of. So um, this is sort of the last shot, I think, and he'll he's in a good situation to do so if he can stay healthy. Agreed. Yeah, 100%. Sure. Also, Niners are looking to sign either Ziggy Ansa or Deion Jordan. And you have one guy who's past his prime and one guy who never had a prime. So I think they're just going <laughs> after veteran on minimum contracts right now and uh, kind of rolling the dice and see what happens. Why would Ziggy yeah. Ansa and Deion Jordan be in the same conversation? I feel like Ziggy Ansa is way better than I, Deion Jordan. That's what that's that's the report. That's just what it said. I mean, they both suck now, so it makes no difference. But yeah, it's interesting. I'd I'd get I'd get Ziggy Ansa in a in a rotation. I think he's he's solid. Yeah. 
Deion Jordan, though, I wouldn't want him on my practice squad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. That's that's weird. I didn't hear about that, but yeah. that's interesting. Not good. Um, we'll see. I mean, hey, you, you guys, uh, I, there's nothing wrong with bolstering a strength, especially that's if true. it's the defensive line. So if you can get Ziggy Ansah as a rotational pass rusher, you're in business. And you already got one of the best in the league, maybe a little overstated on some of the rankings we've seen, but one of the best in the league at uh, defensive end. So I, I, I like that pickup if it happens. We'll see. Next week, we'll come back to that if it happens. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, let's dive into our top five of the week. Uh, we are going to be taking a look at running backs this week. An exciting position. Uh, a lot of flash, a lot of flair. You know, it's it's one of the most fun positions that I like to watch personally. So I'm excited about this one. Um, I think I'm going to guess we all have the same person at number one, but it's going to be interesting to see where this goes from there. So I'll let you guys uh, start it off. Who wants to Who wants to kick it off? Durgan, you want to? Yeah. Who, who's going to come in hotter here? Oh, That's K- what I want to know. Yeah, K- yeah, yeah Casey, the... you go first. Is your... Yeah. Okay. Well, B- buckle up, guys. Buckle up. Casey, go first. <laughs> yeah, that bad, huh? Okay. All right. Let's see. All right. I, I got McCaffrey first. Yeah. Uh, side note. I got, I... Yeah, same here. <laughs> obviously. That's that's the easy one. Yeah. Yeah, but, I do too as well. If we're just getting that out of the way, yeah, we all yeah. have McCaffrey at number one. He has okay. good 1,000 and 1,000, right? 1,000 yards running, 1,000 yards receiving. Uh and you really can't even stack the box against him, right? Because he's such a threat in the passing game. Like, if you bring people into the box to, to stop him in the run game, he can just flare out, and now you're going to match up on a slower, heavier linebacker, and Christian McCaffrey is going to win that every day of the week. Um, so super impressive year from him. Um, but we can be brief on Mr. McCaffrey. Good job, sir. Former Stanford player. Yep. Um, you are- I, I wasn't even that high on him coming out of – college I, I didn't think he had that burst and, and speed to, to finish and stuff but he's he's balling yeah he's i mean he is good at football <laughs> as simple as that like he's, <laughs> he, is. He, he i mean kills my guy but he is the best non-quarterback offensive player in the league oh okay let's not we'll i'll bite my tongue on that one um, <laughs> best non who's better who's wait who's better at not at, not at the quarterback position uh Casey? julio jones Ooh. um you could probably even argue. No, okay. Deva- next, De- next, Devante next. Devontae Hopkins. Going. I'm, I'm gonna Devontae hit. Hopkins. Yeah, Devontae Hopkins. Uh, Devontae, comma Hopkins. All right, all right, all right. I'm gonna hate you enough today. So let's just Kelsey. Move on. Uh, okay, number two. I have Derrick Henry. Um, he had a broken tackle every ten times he touched the ball. He saw a stacked box 35 percent of the time, and when he had a stacked box, he averaged 5.1 yards per carry which is pretty insane. And here's a, a good year for just an average running back. He had 968 yards after contact. So he almost had a 1,000-yard season after someone already hit him, which is fucking nuts um, if you think about it. He had 1,500 rushing yards overall, 16 touchdowns, and he really drove that bus for the Tennessee Titans towards the end of the year and into the playoffs. So... Um, he's number two for me. Um, do you have any comments on that before I move on to the uh, the fun one? I, I don't hate that, so we can we can, we can proceed. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So to preface this one, You're biased. here's what I here's what I look for when I want a running back. We're grading these guys from this last year. Best running backs this last year for me. on the Packers. Yeah. He is on the Packers. That, oh, okay. that, that helps. Right. We had a one, right? we had a bunch of bad ones though. We had like Najee Davenport and Sam Congato. 
um, who's now a doctor, by the way. That's, that's some throwbacks for you. Um, but I, I want a guy that's going to be efficient with his touches. I want a guy that's going to break tackles. Oh, no. That's going to be able to create. Um, and uh, I want a guy that's going to be able to score. And Aaron Jones can do all those things. So he had 1,500 yards from scrimmage, 19 touchdowns, which was the most in the NFL. Um, fun stat, the Packers were third in the NFL and expected points when he was on the field. They were 29th when he wasn't. Um, he had 49 receptions, and he had the most missed tackles or forced missed tackles in the NFL last year, better than any other running back. Um, he was... Um, third in the in the league at attempts per broken tackle so touches per broken tackle he had 7.4 attempts uh per broken tackle that he had he was behind only kamara and damian williams surprisingly who's not playing this year for the chiefs but did last year um so like i said he had 32 broken tackles on 10 run plays and then 10 more on pass plays um the guy behind him was nick chubb at 40 so Aaron Jones had 42. Nick Chubb had 40. He had 4.6 yards per carry. He had 44 red zone touches. Um, he had five drops on the year, which was something he, he needed to work on, but he was still effective, especially in the screen game. He caught some long balls too. He sort of fixed that towards the end of the year. Um, and I just I think he's a, a pretty complete guy, uh, especially in 2019. Um, he scored with amazing efficiency. Um, he was one of the best from inside the 10. Um, he scored 50% of the time on 50% of his carries in context. Um, Zeke scored 15% of the time when he had a, a carry inside the 10. Um, Saquon scored 33% of the time. Nick Chubb scored 23% of the time. So he's scoring at a higher rate than they are. Um, inside the five, he's also higher than almost all those guys. 61% of the time when he gets a touch inside the five, he's scoring. Um, in comparison, Zeke scored 14% of the time. He had seven attempts, one touchdown for Saquon inside the five. Um, Nick Chubb scored 13% of the time. Uh, these are guys that you think of being big bulldozers, and Aaron Jones is this little 5'10 dude that's like about 200 pounds, and he's scoring with better efficiency inside the five and inside the 10 when you're seeing these stacked boxes and condensed fields, and he's still able to score and make things happen. So that is why I have him at three. Okay, um, okay, I'll take over from here. That is, okay. last week you set the standard high for bad takes, and this is undoubtedly the worst take on this show. I'm going to start calling you, you Casey A. Smith because you remind me of Stephen A. Smith with all these bad takes. <laughs> okay. and you said Can you, you hit me with some you, you, stats here? I will, I will. You said you want a complete player, and you put Jones mm -hmm. over Saquon and Zeke and Kamara? Come on, bro. Anyway, here we go. Yeah. Last year, okay. Jones had seven games. Under 50 yards. It's uh -huh. almost half how many, the... How many passes? I'll let you talk. I'll let you talk. So I'm going to keep going. Okay. Seven games, Go almost ahead. half the year where he's under 50 yards. That is below average. 49 receptions, only 15 came in the final eight games when Jamal Williams was healthy. So he's not even the best receiving running back on his team. And if he was the stud running back that he was, why the Packers draft one in the second round? But I digress. You said 16 touchdowns. Nine of those rushing. touchdowns, yes, nine, yes, rushing. Twelve of those yards, those touchdowns came within ten yards, and ten came within five. He's a glorified touchdown vulture. But he said, "Oh, the broken tackles. Look at his yards after contact: 2.2, 21st best in the league. 
and he's 13th overall in rushing yards after contact. 14th in yards per game in 2019. He'll be lucky to get a lucrative deal from the Packers. Packers are, they saw the future. They saw how average he is. They moved on. He is a, at best, at best, eighth best running back in the league. At best. I mean, eight's still pretty high, so I'm that's surprised you, I, I surprised you went there. I was that's, expecting honestly, that's, lower that's at after best. all that hype. I have him at 10, personally, but at best, he is eight. I won't argue eight, but two over Zeke and Saquon? I have him at three, so three, he's behind three, three, three. Oh, McCaffrey and Henry. So, yeah. You th- you'd rather have him over Saquon Barkley? Stay off the This weed. last year? Yeah. This last year? They, they, yeah, they I'd crumble, rather have Aaron Jones than Saquon Barkley. stats. And Saquon played like three less games. Zeke yeah, had and more he also, everything. Zeke was way better besides touchdowns. And that's a stat that you can't control as a running back. Because you get yeah, the ball he had, in the five-yard line. He had better line. stats on 70 more carries. Zeke had 301 carries. Aaron yeah. Jones had 236. Zeke's a beast. So you're just looking at, at volume uh, volume stats. It's not necessarily that indicative matters. of how efficient you are as a runner. Which is what I prefaced with. I said I want an efficient runner, not a guy that I'm going to hand the ball to 30 times a game. Then why? I I, I want a guy that's going to get me good pop. So you you'd honestly would rather have Aaron Jones over Zeke or Saquon on your team? A, a generic this, team. A generic this team. This last year, yes. Oh, this last God. year, I just said I'm ranking them from this last year and how I evaluate the, 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 the running backs. Look at the big picture. I'm, I'm a big picture guy. Well, are we doing? Is this a guy to set up your franchise with, or is this the best five running backs from the last year? He, Mine are the he, best five running backs from the last year. It, it, I thought he played better than Saquon either and or. Zeke last year. Either or, it's wrong. That's a different question. Either or doesn't matter because Saquon was hurt. Take him out. Zeke, who I'll, I'll do my number two because he's my second best running back. I make a lot of jokes because he's kind of fat now, but he has the best vision. Thirteen hundred yards every year. He's a workhorse. I led the league in carries twice, and it consistently gets 4.5 yards per carry and over. 12 touchdowns, so he covers that touchdown part, and also has good hands. On an offense that, for the most uh, part, had Jason Garrett, that buffoon, calling plays. Well, good hands. He had more drops than Aaron Jones did last more, year. He more had chances. Seven. More chances also. Mm, okay. How do you qualify those chances? More pass- do you know how many times he was targeted? More targets. How many targets did he have? I'm on the top of my head and write that down. I, <laughs> I was more focused on the, the So you anger. don't know if he had more targets or not. I know he does. I just know he had more catches, more targets. I know he does. But you don't have, you don't have the stuff. Do I, do okay. I look it up and to confirm this? Yeah, you can look up uh, how many targets Aaron Jones had, how many targets right, Ezekiel Elliott had. You finish up your... Uh, I'm no call. But regardless, you, you can't you call a list. lambasted Devontae Adams for drops, and now you're, you're breezing right well, over yeah, that for Saquon or for Ezekiel Elliott. Se- Devontae Adams' purpose, his job, is catch the ball. Zeke's yeah, job is of, to do stuff with the ball with his hands. With <laughs> his hands. So that's carrying. That's catching. <laughs> that's carrying and that's catching. Oh, interesting. Yeah. As so a running back things. is not just a guy that holds onto the ball and has handed it. He's got to catch it, too, especially in this modern NFL. you got to be okay. able to catch the ball Here we go. As, as a running back. Aaron Jones, 68 targets. Zeke, 71. Once again, I was right. Okay, so three more targets and two more drops. Got it. Catch percentage, uh, 76 for Zeke, 72 for Aaron Jones. Okay. Like I said, there you go. Uh, these are the things that I'm valuing. 
I'm valuing a guy that can break tackles, a guy that can score. You said Zeke's holding his own in, in the red zone, uh, but then Aaron Jones is a touchdown vulture. So if they're getting yes. the same amount of attempts inside the – I can tell you right now, okay? Aaron Jones had 13 attempts inside the five-yard line. Ezekiel Elliott had 12, okay? Okay. So they're getting the same amount of attempts. Aaron Jones had eight. Ezekiel Elliott had nine touchdowns inside the five. So if Aaron Jones is a touchdown vulture, so is Ezekiel Elliott. I'm just saying you wouldn't expect Aaron Jones to be able to touchdown vulture from the five-yard line. You would expect that of Ezekiel Elliott. Well, I expect Ezekiel so, Elliott everything. Because Zeke's way better than Aaron I don't think Jones. he sh- should. Uh, he wasn't this last year. Zeke um, has more talent but, in his left leg than Aaron Jones does in his entire body. Maybe in his beard. His it's, alien, it, it, weird, shaped beard. In his gut. Yeah, those Coronas that he was having in Cabo when he was holding out. He's got uh, I mean, th- a lot of talent. Every, every year he's played, he's had over 1,300 yards besides the one season where he was suspended for like eight games or seven games, whatever it was. Yeah, I, 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 I'm. we can disagree. I just value efficiency from my running backs. You value volume. Um, I value a guy that's dynamic and makes the team a lot better. I don't feel like Zeke did that this year to the degree he has in the past he's i'm not saying he's a bad running back i just don't think he performed at the level that aaron jones did this year so i'm going to interject here this has been a fun argument to listen to (laughs) here's what i'll say zeke is good aaron jones is good both really good running backs aaron jones has a lot to prove in the sense that ezekiel elliott has been doing what he's been doing volume or not year in, year out. He's established himself as a top running back in the league. Aaron Jones had a phenomenal season. 1,000-yard, his first 1,000-yard season, granted, is his third third season in the league, and 16 touchdowns. Won a lot of people their fantasy leagues. I'm sure of it. If he can replicate that and be consistent moving forward, then this is this is a non-starter in my mind. There, there's no doubt that Aaron Jones is for sure, you know, top six, top five. <laughs> somewhere in that range six five to six in my head but there's unknowns both of these teams are going into very new situations right mike mccarthy with the cowboys lafleur is changing a lot of things on the packers looks like they're going to be a lot more run heavy how many carries does aaron jones have to split we don't know there's a lot of unanswered questions if aaron jones is able to do what he did again he'll establish himself as a top running back in my head if we're if we what we saw last season is Aaron Jones moving forward, then I I agree with most of what Casey's saying. I think he may be overplacing him just a tad, but a otherwise I, a I I agree with with the general argument. He had a phenomenal season, and nobody really expected this of Aaron Jones. To be honest, I mean he what was what when was he drafted, Casey? Uh, second round the, or third round? No, third no, no, no. or fourth. It was it was later. Yeah, it was like third or fourth. It was it was later. He wasn't supposed to be as prodigal as he has been. Um, whereas Zeke was obviously what fifth round 182nd overall. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, love seeing that really cool to see players excel and you see it more so at the running back position than other positions, but can he be consistent moving forward? That's going to be a LaFleur question in my head and what that system looks like. And Dylan and AJ Dylan, well, you know, what does AJ yeah. Dylan contribute? The, so. N- the NFL is in little leagues and we're not going to give uh, participation trophies to guys who are drafted in the low rounds. I want my thoroughbred stud running backs like Zeke, like Saquon over guys who are flashing the pans 
touchdown vultures. And if, if Aaron Jones has over 10 touchdowns this year rushing, I'll eat my words. I will I will, to... I will eat those. I'll watch, I will literally eat my words. I saw this on a one radio show. The front show. of your jersey is going to be a Lamar Jackson one. The no, back no, no. of one this is, is going to be an Aaron Jones jersey. I saw this on Barstool did this. I'm going to print out my uh, notes from Aaron Jones, and I will physically eat the paper. That's what I'll do. <laughs> okay. Sounds, Sounds unhealthy, good. but we're going to hold it. you to it. I'll do it. Okay. Right. Well, you finish up your list. I, I agree that like he needs to prove going forwards. This is just from my la- the last year. I felt like he was the third best running back. I'm not necessarily saying that he's the third best running back that I want to start a, a team around or anything like that, but I thought he performed really well, better than a lot of people thought uh, or expected or realized. Um, he was super impactful, especially for that Packers team. Anyways, four, I have Nick Chubb. Um, he had 882 yards after contact. He was second after Derrick Henry's 968 um, he had 1,400 rushing yards, uh, but only 278 receiving yards, eight total touchdowns. Um, I think Stefanski will help him out a lot um, going to Cleveland, but uh, very promising career ahead of that guy. Um, last, finishing up with Dalvin Cook. Um, for me, it was the most stark when he played the Packers, when the Vikings played the Packers with Dalvin Cook and without. Like It was night and day for that offense. He opens up a lot of things for them. Um, Super dynamic. Good to see that he was mostly healthy this year after having struggled with ACL and hamstring and all that kind of stuff the first couple of years. Um, 1,100 rushing yards, 500 receiving yards. Pretty dynamic guy that can do both. Um, and a, a very versatile player for that Vikings offense. So there is my top five. Well, I'll bang through my top five real quick. Caffrey at one. Hit us. Zeke at two. All right, I'll give my Zeke praise. Got Saquon at three, the most physically gifted running back, maybe the most physically gifted player in the entire league. I uh, led the league in all-purpose yards two years ago, and last year was hurt and not suspect offensive weapons around him. I think he's in the, for a big year this year. Uh, four, I got Henry, like you said, the guy's a beast. Uh, push him down a little bit because he's not a great receiver, and the guys ahead of him are. But in terms of like running the actual ball, like hand the ball off and run forward. Henry is probably two, so I agree with you on that. Uh, and then five, I got Chubb, you said as well. Uh, he's a beast. I think he might take a step back this year with Kareem Hunt, so I'll be interested to see what happens, but he's, he's a beast. And then a special shout-out to Kamara and Eckler. They just missed the list. And the one thing about Dalvin Cook, I'm not a huge fan of him, but he was a beast last year. But his last six games, he only averaged 3.1 yards per carry and 52 yards per game. So he's never had a season where he's been a stud the entire year. He's been injured the first two, and this year he had a great start and then kind of slowed down a little bit. If he can keep that same pace over the entire season, then he's top four. He's better than Henry, in my opinion. So I'm surprised you have Saquon over Henry, not to get slightly derailed again, but I, I feel like Saquon clearly fell out. Like Saquon's very gifted, very good. He's hurt. But, yeah, sure. And he did not play as well as... Derrick Henry for me last year. Well, I see. I look at the entire picture. I'm talking about what can you do for me on the field. Henry stats can run the ball straight. Offense is built around him in Tennessee, so that's perfect. But Saquon can come on any team, and he'll be a stud. It doesn't make a difference. Well, well, let's not also pretend that the Titans are not a better situation than oh, way better the Giants. Yeah. Way better. Um, the Giants' offensive line has just historically been abysmal as it is. So the fact that Saquon has done what he's done is a testament to his talent. He had 2,000 yards from scrimmage in 2018 as a rookie. 
Like, that is insane. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's not 2018. Well, 2019 got hurt, and he still had over 1,000 yards uh, rushing. 1,003. Just over 1,000. And also, (laughs) I know know your Delvin Cook stats are very – you're you're putting it in a vacuum here. The dude is, I mean, he can play. I'm not saying he can't play. Yes, he was hurt, but he hasn't had under 4.5 yards per carry his entire career. No, I said so. He he is a consistent dude. Like well, he's also been hurt for anyway, two years. So I'll touch on it when I get to my list. But just you got me going. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it? Are Go we over it. All you. Yeah. To me? All, you. All right. Yeah. Sweet. 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 So I'm gonna put my offensive coordinator hat on here a little bit, and. The way that I'm looking at this, the lens that I'm looking at this through, is who I would want on the field and why. And for me, the answer is versatility. I don't want a running back that's predictable, which is why you won't see Ezekiel Elliott in my top five, for instance. Oh, come on. I don't want a running back who, when he's on the field, the defense is pretty sure with maybe 70% certainty that it's, it's a run play. I want somebody who can do both. So with that said, obviously at number one, just as you fellas had, Christian McCaffrey. The dude is just as much wide receiver as he is running back, and he proved that with his stats. We don't need to dive into that any any further, but there's a reason that he'll be the number one fantasy pick in most leagues. Um, Number two, I actually have Saquon Barkley. I think he is a generational talent. He's still super young. We haven't seen him reach his full potential yet, and when he does, it's going to be absolutely scary. He can do everything Christian McCaffrey can do in my head, in my mind, and he's bigger and faster. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how he develops and hopefully New York can be a situation for him to thrive. Uh, quick interjection that'll make you happy. Last year, I would have rather had Miles Sanders last year than Saquon Barkley. Oh, I think God. Sanders, I think he played better. I think oh, he played better than Jesus. Saquon Barkley did last year. Anyways, continue. But also, to be fair, Miles Sanders had a great offensive line last year. Um I would say Carson Wentz is a better quarterback, you know, when he was on the field than Daniel Jones. So Uh, don't push it now. Okay. Okay. Shut (laughs) shut up. up. Uh, But anyway, all I'm saying is you put Saquon Barkley on the Eagles. You put Miles Sanders on, on the, uh, on, um, what am I I saying? On the Giants and Saquon Barkley plays a lot better. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. There's a reason Miles Sanders was the backup to Saquon Barkley at Penn state. And it wasn't because Miles Sanders is better than Saquon Barkley. Uh, but I appreciate I appreciate hearing that from you, Mr. Football Analyst. Uh, number three, I have a guy who I think is going to have a big, big bounce back year this year, and I would take a gamble on him in my fantasy league. Um, not trying to give you more of my strategies here, Casey, for when we, when we uh, dive into the draft. But I think Alvin Kamara is mm-hmm. kind of. I mean, he had a down season, but this dude is capable again. I mean, he's almost like a diet Christian McCaffrey yeah. in in my head. He He's a great player, and I think he is in an even better situation than anyone really in this top five on the Saints. Um, he's going to have a lot of opportunities, and I think he'll capitalize on them this year and return to his uh, 2018 form. Um, number four, I have Dalvin Cook. And again, there's a common theme between all of these guys, and it's the ability to run the ball as well as catch the ball. And I think Dalvin Cook is criminally underrated. I think if he can withstand his injury concerns, he is no doubt a top five running back. He's only 24 years old. He'll be in this league for another six years at least and playing at the highest level. Um, And then number five, this is the one exception to everything that I have said so far. And it's Derrick Henry. You You cannot overlook the fact that this dude last season did more in like eight games than most running backs did in the entire season. Yeah. 
He is a phenomenal running back, and he's almost changing the outlook of the entire league with the way he runs the ball. You saw a lot of light boxes, a lot of people preparing to defend against the pass, a very pass-heavy league. He completely changes the way your defensive coordinator has to plan for the game. And uh, I have never really seen anything like it in our generation. So, I mean, I almost want to play him both ways, put him at defensive end, to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah, he's he's incredible. Like, the, the athleticism mixed with that size is unprecedented, and it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to watch. Um, so... He makes the Titans competitive. I'm glad he got paid. I'm glad the Titans got that deal done. Um, but that is my top five. Henry, McCaffrey, and Saquon are only three running backs in the entire league where the offense runs through them and not through the quarterback. That's my, my final point. Okay. I would have to think and look through all the teams to confirm, but I will tentatively agree with that statement. Okay. I don't know if that statement has to do with anything, but I appreciate it. That's good looking, Durgan, with the with the statement. Got you, bro. Um, any final thoughts, guys, before we wrap things up here on the running back list? Uh, if we do another one of these rankings and I see a Packers in there, I'm gonna scream. Well, you the, know you those will. are the two best Packer players that we have. So, have uh, we done quarterback rankings yet? You know, I don't Casey's think I don't, toss think, I don't, Aaron Rodgers no, in there. I don't think Aaron's a top no. five quarterback. We did, right we did, we did top okay. five in five Spoiler. years. Spoiler. And there's no tight ends in the top five for the Packers, thank goodness. So. <laughs> we barely even have a tight end. So. <laughs> Jimmy Graham. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys for what has been an entertaining back and forth. I really enjoyed listening to you argue about Packers players, episode in, episode out. <laughs> um, let's wrap things up there. This has been episode 50 of the Weekly Spiral. We really appreciate you guys tuning in sticking with us. Check us out on our website, weeklyspiral.com. You can find the latest and greatest in content there. We have a lot of blog posts coming up as well as YouTube videos, youtube.com slash weeklyspiral. Casey, you want to give the uh, lovely listeners a quick peek at what is to come? Yeah, Josh Allen is coming up and... Uh Actually, very impressed with the de- his decision-making, but his mechanics are, uh, they're not good. So uh, that's why he's an in- inaccurate passer, but he's making the right decisions. He's thrown to the right guy more often than not. So can he fix those mechanics or not is going to really play a big part in, in his future in the NFL. So that's coming up. Stay tuned for that. Over 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. Woo-hoo. So if you're not there already, go check it out. Go subscribe and check out all the videos. Yeah, like, comment, subscribe. You hear it all the time when you watch YouTube videos, but it really does help us out. We would, we would greatly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, Bill's Mafia, go check that out. Look out for that. Uh, Durgan, you want to give the people a shout-out for anything to look out for? Yes, best name in college football, Chubba Hubbard, running back from Oklahoma State, had over 2,000 yards rushing last year. Do a quick breakdown on him. Coming out, it'll be out right now, actually, when you hear this. Awesome. Looking forward to it. This has been a Weekly Spiral production, bringing you fresh football every week. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to episode 50. We look forward to bringing you the best in football news every week and uh, stick with us for episode 51 next week. Bye.